0: Hello, it's Monday the 21st of August. I'm Miranda Sawyer, happy to be back after a lovely holiday. I've returned with a garlic habit, a necklace made from onions, and a desire to shout chapeau at anyone on a bike. That's right, I went to Bogner. Welcome back! <laughs> welcome back to paper cuts the modern newspaper review where we riffle through the red tops burn through the broadsheets and select the very tastiest cuts of the uk press for your delectation and delight news without the snooze you know you love it we're out mid-morning every monday wednesday and friday so hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app and you'll never miss an episode now here are the headlines for today's show Life's a pitch. England women get to their first ever World Cup final but lose 1-0 to Spain. Serial killer six sensationalism. Lucy Letby is convicted of murdering seven babies and attempting to kill six others. Papers lose their minds. And Putin declares war on moon. Russian space mission ends when rocket crashes into the moon. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we're giving a big merry erps to anyone who gets in our way. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and here to join me is new statesman writer and man with the nicest hair in journalism, John <laughs> Ellidge. Hello, oh, John.
1: Oh, thank you very much.
0: Also <laughs> joining us is host of celebrity breakup podcast, The Way We Were, and
2: woman with the nicest hair in comedy, oh, Rana oh. Maguire. Nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. Thank <laughs>
0: you so much. <laughs> so look, what have we got on the front pages today? What do we have, John?
1: Okay, I'm regretting my cheery tone <laughs> uh, on the times uh, we have let be police fear that she attacked 30 more babies uh, there's more on that story in the telegraph let be can be forced to face families in court finally the mail has gone with make coward let me face us uh, but just to kind of like cheer us up above that it's got heroes to the end our brave battered but beaten lionesses
0: aha okay and Gronya what do you
2: have uh, well, so the, these newspapers are having a completely, totally normal morning uh, with regards to the football. Uh, the I, their headline is Heartbreak. And it's just a picture of three footballers looking a little bit sad. <laughs> you d- love football, aren't you, right? <laughs> this is a controversial opinion, right? But I'm just going to say it. I don't think success suits English people. I do not think it so I know this is hard Declare your interest (laughs) So I know this is difficult but I honestly think long term this is better for you as a culture Anyway uh, (laughs) Daily Star We're so proud of you which sounds a bit like the newspaper doth protest too much if you ask me and then the sun just go with We still think the world of you (laughs) which sounds like a parent lying to be honest Honest Okay
0: So Let's go to that story, shall we, Gráinne? So yesterday, England women lost the World Cup final to Spain 1-0. Boo-hoo-hoo. And it's all over the papers as expected. Though it hasn't led to the usual gnashing of teeth and smashing of beer bottles that surrounds a men's game. Or did I mean gnashing of beer bottles and smashing of teeth? Mm -hmm. Anyway, the disappointment is real. What are the papers saying, Gráinne?
2: They're being very, like, oh, girls. (laughs) (laughs) never mind you tried your best yeah we you know well done and I think I do think it's a little bit patronising because I think if they were sort of seen as the same as men's football it would have been you lazy overpaid yeah. little little Lazy boys. Well,
1: they're not overpaid, are they? This yeah. is, isn't this part of the problem? It's yes, like, it is
0: part of the problem. If, if only they were overpaid, then perhaps it could Then say
1: maybe it's... they would play better, <laughs> sports fans.
0: Um, I think we should talk England goalie Mary Earps. So, um, just to fill you in, Gronje. She saved a penalty yesterday, right? She saved Jenny Hermoso's penalty and she won the Golden Glove, which is very important for being the best goalkeeper of the tournament. She also shouted, fuck off, (laughs) after (laughs) saving that penalty, which is very visible on the telly, right? She's now obviously... A heroine. Yes. Or a hero, as they call it now. Um, uh, yeah. She's a girl uh, boss. She's a girl boss, exactly. Um, there's a very interesting um, headline in the mail that I think you spotted that I, I feel that you should talk about.
2: Yes, so the she's footballer. She's very good at her job. Fair play to her. She uh, saved a goal, I presume. Yeah. And she said, fuck off. I was like, yeah, brilliant. And Sarah Vine's take on this in the Daily Mail. The headline was... Our goalie's hell of defiance spoke for every woman who's been sidelined in a man's world. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious because the whole point is, literally, this is not a man's
0: world. They're playing football and it's all women. Like... What are you talking about? It's complete rubbish.
1: Oh, but isn't she like, she describes herself as a Westminster wag. So it kind of like this the, the circle.
2: The circle the goes round.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, it is, it's a
2: bonkers take, isn't it? I just, it's such a stretch. I mean, that's a bigger stretch than any of the women took on Sunday before playing the game. Like to be like, okay, so this woman swearing after s- uh, saving a goal was actually, it was actually about like feminism and I'm just so proud of her. That is somebody who's been like, OK, I have to write 800 words on this story. What can I do? Oh, I know this is about how like it's still really hard to be a woman. And, I mean, oh, it's just...
0: It is terrible. I mean, I do have sympathy for the 800 words on something that you don't
2: know very little about.
0: I mean, that I, I have sympathy there. But, I mean, it's a very odd angle. Um, there is, of course, the angle about uh, the uh, replica Earp's tops from Nike so we uh, unpick this a little bit John you know you mean John do you know that about what this is
1: I know what a top is yes okay. so,
0: <laughs> so for the World Cup Nike who sponsored the England team um, issued various tops that you could buy as a supporter and they did not issue one for Mary Earps um, who's the goalie who actually had a really nice top she had a nice green one and she had a nice pink one I would have worn it and they but I can't buy it Right. So there's been a huge protest. Sixty-eight thousand people have signed a petition saying, this, why, "Why can't we buy it?" And Nike look very stupid. Um, I imagine that they will now issue a, a top.
1: So I mean, I, I felt genuinely like angry about this, and I didn't. Feel, I did not feel passionate about any other aspect of this story, <laughs> but this really annoyed me for some reason um, because, like, it does just seem like I just like it's. It's like being the person at the table in the restaurant whose food doesn't arrive. It's yeah. just like every, everyone else has got their thing, but like you there's something you've done nothing wrong but there's something wrong with you you're not you're not getting the thing everyone else is getting and I just really I really really felt for her as, even before she was like apparently woman of the match. But yeah, like, yeah. I assume there are good capitalist reasons for this.
0: Well, the, the 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 good capitalist reasons are it would be a really small run, so they the, you know that it is pointless. But now because she's the hero of the game, they will of course issue this top, and they will therefore so, make loads of money. So
1: the the rage over the fact they haven't issued it before actually works as a marketing strategy for them. Yes,
2: it's a bit. it, sad. it
1: is weird how like the the capitalists always win. Isn't
2: yeah, it's, it is quite. But tragic. or is this just not honestly being a goalie is probably more about luck. <laughs> Do not think being a goalie is that hard.
1: I'm really looking forward to this bit being clipped out on Twitter, I have to say. I'm so
2: I 100 percent think I could be a goalie coach. (laughs) (laughs) You just got like that. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, I just want to say that (laughs) (laughs) Granny's just
0: moving to the left and right In a kind of rave fashion
2: (laughs) I refuse to believe being a goalie. I think if you're tall and you've got long arms That's 98% of your job done And the other 2% is luck I'm sorry, it's luck And I know she's a woman And we should be supporting But she's primarily a goalie. I feel you should look at the
0: top though, Granny Because it's quite nice You might want it for a Christmas present It's going to be very big
2: Well, I mean, yes, good luck to her, but I think there's a bigger conversation to be had. Mm.
0: Okay, there is an element, of course, of the World Cup that I believe that you have enjoyed, Grania, which is when the celebrities Oh <laughs> my were, God. <laughs> there were various celebrities who are very keen to show the world that they support their national team when they might win something. So someone made a video for the Lionesses that came out before the, the final. And it had people like Jerry Halliwell. <laughs> Jerry Halliwell, of course. And <laughs> Harry Kane, fair enough. Okay. And somebody called Hardest Geezer. No idea. All wishing the England team good luck.
2: What I love, I just, I don't think if you haven't seen it, you've no idea just how long it is. It's over seven minutes. (laughs) On and on it goes. (laughs) It is like I think Peter Jackson was in charge of the edit. It's (laughs) so, it's so long, and it is. I think we also, it is was like that lockdown Imagine video. Yes, the singing video. It's just terrible. But I just, I just, Jerry Jerry Elliewell is. I just I think she's incredible. She, you know, as we know, Jerry Halliwell only wears white. So she was in her little white top, cheering on the girls. And I just loved everybody. Basically, the only thing you could say is best of luck. But everybody was trying really hard to put their own little little twist on best of luck.
1: So nobody kind of went rogue and went, you're shit, gonna lose. <laughs>
0: No, definitely not.
1: My rabbit died.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jess Glynn kind
2: of, you know, she kind of, you know, wished them all good luck and then dived into a swimming pool. (laughs) She knew that Spice Girls were involved, so she had to stand out. She had to do something different. She took a chance. Good. And I I very liked, was it Paloma Feath? Yeah. It was like, on behalf of all the women of Britain. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it was a bit. I mean, that was a little bit like the male, wasn't it? Like you represent all of us, yeah, like every single one of us. By you know, by saving a goal, by scoring a goal. If you fail, you've let us all down. Yeah. What it
1: really reminded me of is you remember that bit in Brass Eye? where they get all the celebrities on to warn about cake being a made-up drug. Yes. It was basically that, but about football. It's so true.
0: Um, so I also feel like we should mention our dear Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak. So Rishi Sunak is a huge supporter of the Lionesses, isn't he, John?
1: I was really hoping we were going to run out of time and drop this bit. Because uh, he apparently, he tweet, he sent a tweet reading, uh, you left absolutely nothing out there at Lionesses, uh, which has proved very controversial for reasons that I, as a lifelong uh, football holdout, do not understand stand. <laughs> okay, I'm going everyone's, to... This is the one time in my entire career I've ever felt any sympathy for Rishi Sunak. I have no idea what the controversy here is meant to be. He tried to say a nice thing and now everyone's being mean to him.
0: Yes, that's very true, but he said the wrong thing and it's very important to say the right thing when it comes to football and what he should have said is you left absolutely everything out there on the pitch, you see. You're both looking really confused. Why but is like, that better? Because... Why is that the good one? Yeah. <laughs> okay, the good one because you've put all your effort, everything yeah. that you that you could, you could. So on we're we're pitch. talking
1: like you know effort rather than you know items of clothing or bodily fluids. Yeah, or... well,
0: no, all of those things are like completely viable, and obviously it is very you know England yeah. team make a lot of effort but don't win anything yeah that's very that's very English But he and said, that
1: that is very Rishi Sunak to be fair <laughs> <laughs> he is putting a lot of work into being Prime Minister <laughs> and getting nowhere so
0: having dismissed Sarah Vine which I think is quite right to do the, the men at the finals really didn't behave very well so um, the the manager, I'm going to explain this to you because it's, <laughs> you're both looking at me so like you, know, like you don't understand. OK, so look, the manager of the Spanish team, whose name is Vilda, Jorge Vilde, is completely hated by the Spanish team. OK, so a year ago, 15 members of the Spanish team all came out against him and said, like, He's a, his tactics are terrible. We really hate him. So what happened when they won is that he tried to join in the celebrations, um, jumped up and down and they all ignored him. <laughs> And like, no. like you should watch it. It's really <laughs> astonishing. So all the women basically succeeded despite him, really. They really don't like his I tactics. I mean, you
2: could say that for most situations of women succeeding. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> especially in football. And then the day before the actual final, the head of FIFA, Gianni Infantino, who is just awful. Um, he told us he had four daughters at home. So, you know, he understands women. <laughs> but he said to women in general in football, you have the power to convince us men what we have to do and what we don't have to do. I mean it's...
1: what you've got to understand is the whole of reality is actually about men. Yes,
0: yeah. Exactly.
1: And, and, and you ladies are just kind of here to kind of like set us up on our on our missions. Yeah,
0: know yeah, and, yeah. and also I love the idea that they like that what they should be doing when they're about to play a final is thinking about the fellas. I mean they're quite busy. <laughs> they're quite busy. And then at the at the end when Spain won the head of the Spanish FA Grabbed the woman who took the uh, penalty who's called Jenny Homoza and she he, he gave her a proper smacker oh, full on the mouth. Oh my <laughs> God. Oh, it's just horrible and she was asked about it and she said yes I didn't really like it it wasn't very nice. Um, so my theory is actually it might be time to tell men that they shouldn't be allowed anywhere near football. They're just too emotional. They are.
1: <laughs> Can I just say I'm entirely on board with this plan.
0: <laughs> it's alright we solved it all. <laughs> Now, on Friday, after a complicated court case that lasted almost a year, Lucy Letby, a 33-year-old neonatal nurse who worked in the Countess of Chester Hospital, was convicted of murdering seven babies and attempting to kill six others. It's a completely devastating story, and it's dominated the papers and broadcast news all weekend. John... Why have the papers gone so big on this story?
1: I mean, they really have gone big. Uh, so the Twitter feed tomorrow's papers today, which is very useful in the planning of this podcast, does a roundup of like all the all, all the front pages. Uh, on Saturday, it, it has 11 front pages of which eight of them are about this story and six have the same mugshot of Lucy Letby. Um, on Five Live on Friday afternoon, they, they drop the usual programme and they instead broadcast a special programme about the case. On Saturday, I think uh, I got I got news alerts from multiple broadcasters telling me that you know if I wanted to watch the footage of Letby being arrested from several years ago, I think um, I could now do so on their website. Uh, most upsettingly of all, the Mail it turns out has been running a weekly podcast called "The Trial of Lucy Letby" since September. It's now had fifty one episodes, including one builder's favourite moments for our best guests, as if it's Big Brother. Um, it it just feels. I I find all this quite upsetting. It's like, it is... Like sure, there, there is clearly something in in human nature that kind of draws people to some of these horrifying. Like there has always been an interesting kind of crime and true crime, but it does very much feel like the media is repackaging this genuinely horrific crime as as entertainment.
0: Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I there's a part of. I mean, it's incredibly unusual case. That's why we're interested in it. It's a it's a freakish case. It's it's massively unusual. <laughs> But also there's part of me that wonders a little bit about the reporter. So say if you were a reporter reporting this case, you've been there for a year. So you've been there for a year. There's been restrictions mm. as to what you could write. So everything's obviously very factual, quite small as, as you're going along. So is it a case of a little bit of like, I've worked very hard for my exam. Here's my essay please you know please mark me highly
1: i think i mean i think that probably does actually feed into stuff like you know the the, the special on the case or like the fact that like there's now so many sort of features about everything people have learned over, over the sort of year in court i don't think that explains the rolling podcast or the news alerts of footage, which was clearly released by the police for their own reasons. I think there are other factors at play here.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is it's it is a weird thing. I heard about it when I was on holiday. And there was part of me that went instantly, I mean, straight to the papers. I wanted to know what had happened. I wanted to know why she was found guilty. I wanted—I did want to know. There's a kind of human instinct to find out as well, isn't there, Ganya? It, it
2: I think... It feels like there's a real flattening of news between, like we were saying earlier, about like the true crime podcast, sort of like you know darker side of us who is fascinated by this this oddness. It's like a human nature of like something is not right, something is a danger, and we as a, you know as so, as people we want to try and figure out so we can protect ourselves. So that's what's fascinating about it. It sort of appeals to a real sort of darkness in people but then it's what's news and what's entertainment and what even like you know sometimes think what do we need to know like what do we need to know how so many of these stories I just avoided reading because I don't need to know and I don't want that information in my head because I'm so powerless over it Mm. and now I've just got certain images in my head that I don't really need
0: Yes, it's very difficult, isn't it? I'm a, I'm a little bit like that. I can be a bit wussy about it. Mm-hmm. I did start reading the details of this play, uh, of this case and actually backed away because I just found it. I found it too upsetting. I mean. Today, Monday, the the she will be sentenced, and it's very likely that she will get a whole life sentence. There's been very few women that have uh, that have got this. She's only the fourth one ever. There's Myra Hindley, Rosemary West, and Joanna Dennehy, who you might remember. She basically had a big knife. That's how you remember, and she killed three men. Um, so the that, but
1: that's really striking though that list of women. So I hadn't, I didn't know about the Dennehy case, yeah. but obviously you know, Myra Hindley, Rosemary West, are, are very famous figures. I think Lucy Letby probably. Goes into that category. I think there is an argument that actually this is the wrong response of kind of like giving people who've done these horrific crimes a form of immortality.
0: Oh, that's interesting. And that
1: actually maybe it would be better if they if if they kind of died in obscurity because like people are always going to know her name now
0: yeah uh, they're, I mean, not is... know,
1: they're not going to know the names of her victims or the families
0: yes exactly well that, i mean they've deliberately kept anonymous there's also there's some some weird reactions in the papers isn't there so in mm-hmm. the telegraph there's an article by tim stanley isn't there granny that mm-hmm. you found
2: so again it you know we mentioned sarah vine managing to turn a football game into god it's really hard to be a woman which i'm assuming is also three hard to be a female journalist and um, then Tim Stanley's this awful, extremely odd, extreme tragedy that, you know, has been in the newspapers, he's used it as a jumping off point for death penalty for letby let's debate property
0: yeah i mean it's, a, it's it's it is amazing everything's so the papers i think i feel i feel now mm. because it's such an in inverted commas i'm going to use this with uh, you know inverted commas around it juicy story mm. it's over now i mean she's been found guilty but they want to keep it going so on the mirror and on, on page 10 they've put put the failure bosses in the dock because they they're calling for the hospital heads to face corporate manslaughter investigation well they say that they're not calling for it a top medic is calling for it it just seems like that what they really want after this case is they don't want it to end they want it to carry on
1: i feel like we are going to get stories about how she's faring in prison and how she's being treated by the other prisoners because that's that that often happens with these kind of horrific especially child murder cases um and we're just we're just going to keep hearing this woman's name and i that that feels weirdly unjust to me.
0: Yeah, it'll just carry on forever and
2: ever. The the papers love it. In it's in a weird. Look, this is a bit of a tangent, but like, it's a bit like Charles Manson. He became this this mythical figure, and he was just a nasty career criminal mm. who wasn't very interesting. So I think certain stories like this that sort of like really spark that touch on some sort of. Um, sort of like real fear we we turn them into these big interesting fascinating people when really they're just broken i mean very probably mentally unwell people that don't merit as much fascination as we're giving them yeah
0: Now, here at Papercuts, we love great headlines. And having spent my holiday in a place where headlines are definitely not a priority, I'm loving our paper's efforts even more. And we know that you too love the art of the headline, as shown by your excellent response to our Fix the Headline competition on Friday. We gave you a story from the Mail about humans being more successful than AI at writing dating profiles with the non-more boring header of Humans beat bots when it comes to online dating. So you, of course, gave us some brilliant alternatives on threads and X. I still find it hard to say X. So I'm gonna say Twitter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) On threads, Andy Crane gave us the very good plenty more fish in the C++. (laughs) Very good, I like that. Uh, Tom Crampton on Twitter gave us a slightly saucy Bots bumble the chance of a fumble. <laughs> Very good. Martin Daly suggested AI needs some better chat GTP uplines, which is like I mean he got he got them in. <laughs> but this week's winner is Oliver Lewis, who offered us the fantastic wherefore art thou C-3PO <laughs> <laughs> it's really good so Oliver we'll be in touch with your size and address and a fantastic paper cuts t-shirt as modelled by John hey <laughs> will be on its way to you so what about today's headlines have we got any great ones to rival Oliver's
2: Granya. Uh well this is a work of art in the sun today so it's the story of John Lydon from the Sex Pistols. He hasn't been well. He was in a hospital. And during that time, he started suffering hallucinations. OK, so put that in your head. Hallucinations. going to come back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some of the things that he hallucinated included a tall black priest, almost like Dracula. OK, that's also a okay. great Dracula, Sex Pistols, Dracula. And the headline is Punk Shocker. Sex pistols, pretty they count. <laughs> hey, well done! A lot of info in there. <laughs> okay, and you've got another one uh, from the in the sun, right? We're having a good morning. The sun, I have to say. Um, an inmate who had not showered in months was coaxed out of his cell for a wash with the help of cake. And the headline is smell blockage (laughs) that's good I like that that's a very solid one and you have one more I think from the star DNA found on pets can be used to solve crime the headline is dog collar that's
0: good that's the winner we like that one
2: very good okay
0: so John have you got some headlines for us
1: Well, somehow, due to a bleak existential joke, I've got more football stories. (laughs) Uh, This is from the Suns football pullout. Apparently, someone named Marco Silva has given himself the almighty task of turning Raul Jimenez into Alexander Mitrovic. I don't know who any of these people are. Um, I don't even know which team we're talking about. Does anyone? Yeah. Brentford, maybe? No. No. Fulham. Fulham. Is it Fulham? <laughs> anyway, the headline is Raul Replacement. Very
0: good. Very, good.
1: That's uh, the very mi- good. The Mirror has a variant on the same... I think the Mirror's actually got a better version of the same story, which is even better than the Raul thing.
0: That's good. Mm. OK, tick for all the football fans.
1: Uh, over in the Star, they've got... Um, it's not actually a very interesting story. It's about which professions people are most likely to believe that their work is pointless in. Um, uh, which is only notable for the the wonderful headline, finance work, quote, is useless. <laughs> which which I enjoyed very much. Uh, and f- finally, uh, back to the sun. I've um, got a story about um, how the Queen song, Fat Bottom Girls, has been dropped from the latest version of their greatest hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I'm actually a bit of appalled by. That's a good song. Uh, the headline is Removal of Queen Fat Bot Hit So Woke. <laughs> I don't think that headline works very well. It
0: doesn't really. They just
1: need... wanted to get the word woke in there.
0: They definitely did. Fat bot hit I like though. <laughs> <laughs> Vladi Disaster, says the star. So um, this is a story about the recent Russian lunar mission, Luna 25, um, Russia sent an uncrewed spacecraft to the moon. I keep wanting to say unscrewed. <laughs> it was an uncrewed spacecraft to the moon. But unfortunately, something happened, didn't it, on Saturday, John? What happened?
1: Yes, so just before noon uh, our time, um, they lost the Russian Space Agency lost contact with their probe uh, and later put out a statement saying that the lander had, quote, ceased to exist as a result of a collision with the surface of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> and I sort of, I sort of love this story. It's, it's like such a sort of come down because obviously, like the Russians were like, you know, the the Soviets like were really leading the space race for a while. They got the first satellite up there with Sputnik. They had the first man in space with Yuri Gagarin. Uh, you know, it, it was it was the Soviet lead that kind of like encouraged the Americans and NASA to kind of really go for it and get a man on the moon. Uh, and now they're struggling to land a probe at the south pole of the moon without, without it uh, colliding with the surface of the moon and ceasing to exist. Uh, and now probably um, they're going to lose that particular bit of a space race because the Indian Space Agency uh, is is trying to land their own probe there this week.
0: Oh, wow, I didn't know that. So um, like, it really was a space it race. It really
1: was a race, yeah. No, they were the, the two agents. And also, like, this is this is a nice version of international competition. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of feel like this is, this is, this is the good stuff that, that the Russian government has done these last few decades, mm-hmm. as opposed to all the bad stuff which we hear about all the time. Like the mm-hmm. space exploration, this is great. We should be in favour of this. But it's been defunded because all the money is going instead to the military.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also because they're Bad at parking.
1: Apparently so.
0: <laughs> it's very sad. Um, I just want to point out that there's a top astronomer who worked on the expedition, who's called Mikhail Marov, and he, he I mean, he's old. He's ninety, mm. and he worked on this space expedition and and you know designed it, helped design it, and was really really excited about it. And then there was a crash, and he quote suffered a sharp deterioration in his health, <laughs> which suddenly sounds really sinister, doesn't it?
1: Was he standing near any windows at the time? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now, it's time to drag ourselves from analysing the front and back pages of the papers and look for the fun in between. The columns, the fashion, the trends, the silliness that takes over the papers when the editors are away sunning themselves somewhere near Leo DiCaprio's yacht. Mm -hmm. What do we have? Gráinne, what
2: have you got? Uh, So we've got a very important story in the Telegraph about the nude Tour de France being banned for indecency, <gasps> it's an outrage. So there's been seven stages of the so-called new Tour de France. You know the seven stages in life, seven stage of a new Tour de France, and yeah. So partly they've got into trouble, and they and the reason why they were doing it was to raise awareness for climate change. Well, I mean, yes, logical, right? I mean, what a stretch. I mean, I think that covers a multitude of sins. Do whatever you want and say I'm doing it for climate change. Actually. <laughs>
0: So they've been cycling around on their bikes with no clothes on.
2: Cycling around, not a care in the world. Well if
1: it's getting warmer then
2: <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> there I is a heard... logic to it. Yeah. Lots of sunscreen, I hope. In France, when you want to talk about the serious risks the planet is facing, you get treated like an eco terrorist and a sexual delinquent. Whoa, they're cross then. I mean put um I'm sorry I, I mean, do you think if they had you know, some onions around their neck that they will be fine.
0: Yeah, well, maybe not. I have to say, I mean, I have to say I've seen these new cyclists in London. There's a big, there's a load of them. They cycle very slowly through. and Just so you
1: can get a really good view. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, don't, they, they don't want you to miss a thing.
0: They don't want you to miss a thing. And it's quite odd when you see it, but it's also, I don't know. I mean, London is quite tolerant and we think it's not, but it is quite tolerant. And you just see them and everyone goes, and goes, way, <laughs> Ooh, then. <laughs> one stops filming on their phones i mean i don't know about the raising awareness for climate change but you know everyone seems quite jolly about it um but not in france which i think is quite unusual because france is normally quite good with nudity they've got lots of nudist beaches
2: and stuff so maybe they should have just cycled near the beach maybe it's the chafing do you yeah. know what i mean it's just think of the chafing involved it's though they are just doing it's it health and safety protection. isn't it yeah
0: yeah
1: I well so you're meant yeah. to wear like special underwear for long distance cycling aren't you Yeah, especially for the men, Yeah, because there's there's pressure in places you ideally do not want there to be pressure.
0: Yeah, well, I think they're cycling slowly. But, I mean, anyway, it's all over now for them, Mm. so I'm sorry about that. Um, You have a story... John do you not about <laughs> Angela Rayner who I have to say we love I mean just, aside, uh, yeah. just aside from anything to do with politics yeah. we like Angela Rayner
1: yeah. uh, Angela Rayner the deputy leader of the Labour Party says that she's proud of her 14 hour rave sessions and downing super strength venom cocktails <laughs> Angela said the girls I was raving with are half my age and I was like I'm a grandma I was proud of that <laughs> I love it. It's like you didn't you didn't get John Prescott doing this back in the day, did yeah. you? Like the, you know, he, he liked his pints, but he wasn't like throwing shapes in Falaraki or something, was he? No, there's
0: yeah. only her and go really, isn't
1: there? Yeah. Although, I, can I just point out that this is on the same page of the uh, this page eleven of the Daily Star, which also features their fact of the day. Yeah. Which uh, which is which is a section I particularly like. Today it's Galileo's middle finger. It's on display at the Museo Galileo in Florence.
0: Thanks for that, Daily Star. (laughs) I mean, you know, middle finger, we wonder which position, but that's very nice. And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to Gronia. You're welcome. Thanks to John.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: You would have to put your hand through your hair there. I was going to do the hair thing again. I think she hasn't
1: mentioned the hair. This is just vanity.
0: Thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow PaperCuts on your favourite podcast app. If you really like us, then leave us five stars on Spotify and Apple. And you left well something out there review. You can also follow us on X and Instagram at Paper Cuts Show. The links are in the show notes. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Papercuts on a day when AI bots have designed a cat flap that won't open when your fluffy kitty brings home a dead bird. Leave it outside, killer. See you next time. Papercuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with John Elledge and Gronya Maguire. The group editor was Andrew Harrison. The managing editor of News was Jacob Jarvis. Production support was from Adam Wright and the producer was Sophie Black. The music was composed by Simon Williams and the executive producer was Martin Boytosh.